This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 240 of Dublin Dane. My name is Tim. I'll be your host for this one. As always, joining me is Dublin Dane himself. Dane, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good, Tim. Um, I've been uh, replaying uh, Spider-Man. Oh, nice. Uh, the, the, PS, the PS4 slash 5 game, because I saw the, uh, the PS5 upgrade was on sale recently and just uh, picked it up. And, um, yeah, just been enjoying that. Well, yeah, I got the PS5 remaster, like, for, I think when it launched, or not right away, but, like, a few weeks after it came out. I haven't played it yet, but it, I want to experience it like that again, one with PS5, hopefully before the next one comes out, which we yeah. don't have a date just yet, but I would like to replay it on the PS5. Don't the worry, that game also. Yeah. yeah, don't worry, because you'll probably, I mean, it'll probably be delayed. <laughs> just like everything else but yeah well did you hear the big final fantasy 7 news this past few last few days where they had that 25th anniversary event where they finally gave us not a release date but a release window <laughs> for the next chapter <laughs> let me guess it's quarter four of 2027 <laughs> is, that, is that it uh it's a little more vague than that actually <laughs> oh wow okay it's all it said was next winter next winter yeah okay. so here's the thing it can mean winter you know 2022 like december 2022 because technically that's next winter yeah. or more than likely though it's going to be like march 20th the last day or march 19th <laughs> the last day of winter 2023 oh <laughs> uh, yeah okay so so march uh the end of march 2023 then. <laughs> But here, That's what it's going to be. Yeah, but here's the thing with Square Enix release dates. I mean, you got to get the first one out of the way. So I'm glad we got that because now it'll be delayed from that. So <laughs> I'm not really sure. counting on that being the date because whatever first release date they announce, it never hits. So, so we got that out of the way. So maybe summer 2023. Yeah. So, okay. So um, it's going to be winter 2024 then, right? <laughs> uh, would it surprise me? The, the beginning of winter 2024 yeah. so <laughs> right in december i think yeah. that's uh, 
that's going to be its release date, Tim. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> but was also cool though. They finally um, announced how many games are actually going to be in the remake. So it's going to be three games. So after this oh, one, there's just going to be one more. So oh, I, great. I kind of figured it would be more than two, but I was wondering like how many would it be? Would it be like four or five, which would probably be another decade <laughs> until it finishes. <laughs> so I'm glad it's just stopping at three. Even though that probably won't be, yeah. that'll probably be more likely than 2027 <laughs> release year you're talking about. Yeah, so 2027, you'll finally get the conclusion of uh, this Final Fantasy VII remake, which is weird because with, with like their other games, like let's just say Tomb Raider, right? Uh, their two, their Tomb Raider trilogy, it, they, they didn't really have this delay, right? Yeah, well, I mean, they're two separate developers, though. I mean, was was it Crystal Dynamics that did Tomb Raider? Yeah, but I mean, they're under the Square. Yeah, but you know, different, umbrella. totally different development teams, though. I guess. Yeah. Well, you got a point there, Tim. <laughs> but what's probably the thing that got me most excited for that Final Fantasy VII 20th anniversary celebration is that you know we've been talking PSP a lot <laughs> on recent episodes. And I keep saying how the best PSP game was the Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, and that's finally going to get a console remaster coming this winter, not next winter. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be amazing. I love that game. I've been dying for that to have a console remake. Um, and it looks almost just as good as the Final Fantasy VII remake, but here's the thing. we Spoilers for those who haven't played Final Fantasy VII remake, but you know how, how it ended, Dane. They're kind of going off in a different direction as far as the timeline changing and all that. And you saw, I can't remember if it was part of the ending or if it was like an extra credit scene, but there is that scene where you see Zack surviving his encounter with, uh, with the Shinra soldiers. And we all know from the original Final Fantasy VII, Zack gets killed by the soldiers. And that plays a big part in Cloud's development as a character. And the PSP game Crisis Core shows that in depth. It, or in depth, his death in depth, I should say. And it was just such a great, like, emotionally tragic ending for the character that how it was played out in that game. And I want to keep it the same because it's such a pivotal point in the Final Fantasy VII story, but I'm wondering if the remaster of Crisis Core is going to be more in line with the Final Fantasy VII remake where Zack actually survives. Because the voice cast is going to be different from the original PSP game. It's the same voice cast from the remake. And that makes me wonder if this Crisis Core is actually going to change the ending where Zack survives, as we see in Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's the only concern I have, because I wanted to keep it the same as the PSP. It's one of my favorite video game endings, just for how, like I said, it was an emotionally charged ending. And it was done beautifully for both uh, as you experience Zack's story throughout that game, you like really feel for him when he gets killed, and just, just Cloud's reaction to that was just so well done. So maybe they'll have something where you can have both different ways to have like two different endings: the original and then the new one. But we'll see. But I'm just glad it's finally getting a remaster because that game deserves to be played by so many people who maybe might have missed it on the PSP because I think it's such an important game in the Final Fantasy VII story, and it's just a fun game in general. So I'm excited to play that again. I know this kind of doesn't make sense, but what if they did a like a uh, like a multiple choice ending or a multiple mm-hmm. ending thing? You yeah, know, like oh he survives, oh he's dead. You know, I yeah, mean it, 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 it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't work for the next game, right? 
Yeah. Um, but, but you know, there's two versions out there, obviously, now with the remake. So why not put yeah. both options in there for the player to decide? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, the, I, I'm sure, like, Square wants to, like, make it like, okay, so this is the final ending, and then we're going to move to the next uh, part of the uh, trilogy now. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm guessing too. That's really more mainly to set up the the remake more than the original one. So that's my only yeah. concern with it. But I'm looking forward to playing it again, regardless. And it'll be something it's, you have to play, Dane. <laughs> yeah, for the first time because yeah. I, I did not play uh, Crisis Core for PSP. I didn't play my PSP that much, <laughs> to be honest. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, um, ha- have ha- has Square ever done a multiple ending game? Um, I know the the most famous ones are Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, which oh. I've actually been yeah. playing recently. <laughs> so those oh, were really? like the first ones I remember that did it that had multiple endings that you could do. Uh, I see. Yeah, I've never played those oh, those games. The, the, those are spinoffs of uh, Final Fantasy. No, Chrono Trigger is an original. Yeah, it's it's their own series. Chrono Trigger is probably my third favorite game of all time. It is amazing. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it's just such a great classic JRPG. And pretty revolutionary for its time. Like how it did its... um, Should I say random battle? Because one of the first RPGs that I remember that did away with random battles, where you did it where if you just decided to fight an enemy on the map, this is what encountered a battle. You could avoid it if you want. And just how it had multiple endings, like like 13 or something. Like that. that was a good amount for like the Super Nintendo game era. That was unprecedented. And just the story yeah, and characters on it are really great. And the soundtrack is phenomenal, too. One of the best video game soundtracks you're going to hear. That's one thing I don't miss about JRPGs is the uh, random battles. Yeah. <laughs> Same. That's it's why I so like it all these and all these remasters yeah. they do, like the Chrono Cross one that just came out back in April, where you can turn off random encounters, and they do that with all the remastered Final Fantasy ones that they did. That's so convenient now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you don't have to go into a boss battle with like quarter health, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I like it too. They have these power up options where like you just hit a button, your character stats just max out, just in case you know for someone like me who want, just wants to experience the story again. And doesn't want to deal with building up your character so much to do all these battles. You just want to breeze through it and play through the story. It makes it a lot more convenient. That's kind of how I did with Chrono Cross because I really just wanted to experience the story again. Yeah, that's that, that's why I'm I'm replaying the uh, Spider-Man uh, game because on on I think it's I think it's called Simple. It's because I just wanted to experience the story. Mm, where, yeah, because I kind of forgot what the story was. Um, to be honest um so that's why i'm playing it on simple just to get through like yeah just the story aspect exactly i'll probably do the same and i'll probably do the same for final fantasy 7 remake before the sequel comes out just to get a refresher without spend too much time on it (laughs) yeah you don't want to get stuck battling something you know (laughs) (laughs) exactly but dane we got to talk about the biggest video game news of the week one of our most anticipated game of the year is finally out. And of course, that is TMNT Shredder's Revenge. And how cool was it, though, to find out last week where they came, put out a new trailer 
and they had the release date reveal because that's the one thing we've been waiting for. We saw the character reveals, which was great. It looks awesome. But when is it coming out? And this new trailer, they revealed, oh, Casey Jones is going to be the next playable character. And after that, it just had a little teaser at the end available and it has the date june 16th and it was like oh crap that's next week this game's gonna be here next week right. <laughs> and that was just awesome uh it's love it when developers could surprise us like that and so next week is here <laughs> it came out just a couple of days ago as we're recording this episode and of course we have to give our first impressions because uh, i haven't played it too much i just played the first few levels but i'm looking forward to diving into it this weekend and hopefully play with some people um on there so um, first impressions, I played the first six levels, and boy, is it delivering on everything I was hoping for. Just, I mean, it's simple. Just a classic old-school arcade beat-em-up style with the turtles that kind of set the standard for those old arcade beat-em-ups. And they just captured the feel of it, the tone, the art style. Uh, is It's its own thing, but yet it's the references that just all such a great homage to the classics arcade and Turtles in Time, but yet doing its own thing with new levels new boss fights and uh, new moves for the characters and it's just a blast to play um i've only played uh with me and my brother played local co-op playing it but i can't wait to play with multiple players to have four player co-op and six player co-op it's just going to be insane but the what how they did this game is just a fantastic continuation of those classic turtle arcade games and i'm just having a blast with it um and again i'm only six levels into it i believe there's 16 and i just like how it's again bl good blend of the old with the new because you have your classic boss fights that remind you of the original arcade game against rocksteady and bebop but then there's another level that brings in some lesser known villains just from the toy line that i remember having like character dirtbag which was a cool surprise to see so i'm looking forward to seeing just more random villains pop up who maybe haven't appeared in any video games before from the turtles as boss fights is awesome and getting the original animated series voice actors to voice the turtles in this is so, so great to hear their voices when they have their dialogue in game so much fun and just even i like how old school it goes where even with the cutscenes, it's just a simple piece of art that you would see from the arcade or the super nintendo era there's not even dialogue it's just text um and it's just really taking you back to that era of gameplay but yet giving you something really new i'm i'm loving it so far and i just can't wait to play more um the only nitpick i have this is again just a nitpick where the art style for it is great and this is just a design choice but because the graphics look good but the character they're going the character models are really going for that pixelated look that you know that doesn't make them look as sharp i would love it if it was kind of more of just a sharp cell shaded uh, art style for the game same models and everything but just have it look sharper and cleaner that's again it's a preference because i know they're going for the old classic arcade style and i give them props for that but for me personally i think to have a nice more mix of the modern with the old if it just had that sharp classic uh or not classic but just a sharp visual clean art style look for it would enhance it for me and just make it look even better but again such a small nitpick that i have for yeah. it because it does look good it's just a great throwback to the games were back then so yeah i'm loving it it's fantastic i can't wait to play more well, uh, you, you you brought up my one little nitpick. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to throw uh, which was, <laughs> Yeah, which was, I, I wish it was just a little bit more, uh, like you said, just a little more refined on the graphic side of things. Because, like, I was like, is, is or as I was playing it, I was like, is my TV too big? Mm, you know, yeah. like, is, is, 
is my TV too big where it's it doesn't look as good? But like I, I think yeah, it's the aesthetic of we're uh, we're a uh, um, spiritual successor to uh, uh, Turtles in Time, right? So yeah, we we have to keep that 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 graphic style, but. Yeah, I've been having fun with it. I've, I've played the first level uh, completely and uh, di- dove into the second level, but I didn't complete it. Um, I love it. It's <laughs> it's exactly what it what the box said it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the advertising said it was. It's just a regular beat 'em up um, arcade game, and uh, it's. <laughs> What I find refreshing about it, uh, maybe it's because I'm a bad video game player, or I uh, like uh, times have have changed and I just don't get it. But um, I I just like how simple it is. Yeah, uh, just the simplicity of it. Yeah, just like okay, you press this button to punch and kick and whatever, and then you have your joystick quote unquote that will um you know move your character around and this is how you move your character around and then you have like a special button that you can press that um does a special move like i i i played as donnie and um he has like this thing where he just creates like a storm of like uh hits i guess you could say and um i love it um but yeah, uh, that, 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 that's that, that's what I like about it so far. I mean, I haven't gone in uh, that deep into it as you you have, or um, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I just I just wanted to get a feel for it because it came out on what Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, Thursday, and I just wanted to get a feel for it, play through the first level, and um, dive deeper into it on the weekend. Right now, um, and especially with somebody else, because it seems like uh, that's what they want you to do. Yeah, um, it's made for co-op. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think there's even matchmaking on it. It, it looks like it's crossplay too, because I saw that option that's yeah. on there. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can play with like random people, but I, yeah, I mean, I haven't done it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I. <laughs> I love the, what I've seen so far. It's not too easy and it's not too hard. So uh, I died a couple of times in that beginning level, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've I've loved it from the, the first level and a half. I have just started on the campaign where you have that world map that you drive over with the turtle van. Yeah, that yeah, the, okay. yeah, the campaign. Yeah, yeah same here. I like how there's two options too: the campaign and then just straight arcade, where you just go from level to level, and if you die, that's it. You have to start all over again, <laughs> just like how yeah. old school games are. Like, that's the thing too. What I think I'm gonna love about it even more is how the levels go by quick. There's only 16. I heard you can beat it like in two hours or something like that. But there seems to be a lot of replay value, not just with playing with friends, but kind of doing of the challenges that they have in each levels to see if you can get all of those and. There's certain characters that you find who have some challenges, like uh, April O'Neil's uh, boss at Channel 6 News like has you find these newspapers. Irma has you looking for her diaries, the stuff to look out for and collect over the course of the levels. So I'm excited for it's not just, oh, you beat it, that's done, and then you just do it again if you want to play with friends. But no, there's more stuff to kind of go back to and try to unlock and 
leveling up each character too. That's something I'm going to want to do as well for each turtle and Splinter and April and Casey when I get them unlocked. So I'm looking forward to spending a lot of time with the game after beating it. And yeah. what's also great too, Dane, is just what, as I'm playing, it's like, oh, I'm loving this. Sinking me back to those classic arcade games and I want to play those too. Oh, wait, the Calabunga collection is not going to be too far behind <laughs> this game too. So I... <laughs> The fact that we're getting this game and then we're going to have all the old games to go back and play is just awesome. What a great year for Turtle video games. It's it's so much fun. I don't know if it's right behind it, Tim, because it says December 31st. Though, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to so guess, I, could... I, say, I say early September or middle September. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's a good thing, right? That they're not giving a date because it, it, it just means that it's not just a regular old port of, you know... The, uh, the 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 old video game mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I don't know. I I think it's a good thing. And yeah, like you said, it makes you want to play Turtles in Time, right, Tim? Yep. I, one little thing that I like in the second level, because each level has a a title like Turtles in Time did. And the first level in Turtles in Time is Big Apple, 3 a.m. And the second level in this one is Big Apple, 3 p.m. <laughs> Just doing the opposite because you're playing in the afternoon. Or that level's in the afternoon where the other one's in the middle of the night and during the time. So just little homages like that. I just find really neat that the developers do in there. So so you played that Scott Pilgrim uh, game that, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that came out, right? So mm-hmm. so is, is it sort of like the same thing? It does remind me of it. I haven't. 10 years ago since I played that game and I got oh, the remaster, but I just haven't really dived into it, but it's kind of similar where Scott Pilgrim had um, a world map as well, but this seems like the there's a little like more RPG elements in Scott Pilgrim where you can buy items to boost up your characters and stuff like that, where I didn't see too much of that for Shredder's Revenge. It's basically just the more enemies you beat up, you gain a level and it adds either more health or more power or an extra power up your special moves so it seems a little more simpler than scott pilgrim but i think there are some similarities especially with the world map yeah uh, i see and even the graphic style is very similar because scott pilgrim had that pixelated look to it as well <laughs> yeah every time i see like uh, uh pixelated you know uh characters or or whatever i it, it, they just look like chicken nuggets never heard that one before that's funny yeah (laughs) teenage mutant chicken nuggets (laughs) yeah (laughs) well well, now you can do a a a crossover with mcdonald's right teenage mutant mcnuggets (laughs) i'm surprised they haven't they didn't do back in the 80s and early 90s when turtles are at their peak of fandom (laughs) Well, it was probably too violent, right? Yeah, well, I remember Burger King was the tie-in because I remember getting the Burger King Burger King stuff for yeah. kids' meals there. It was I remember awesome. it was a, a Raphael uh, toothbrush holder that you had, and they're like this shredder like plastic toy box where like you it was like a TV screen and you just open it and then Shredder's picture is on there. Um, those are the two I remember the most, but I know there was others, but those ones always stood out to me because. Especially the Raphael toothbrush or toothbrush holder, because I had that in my bathroom as a kid for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Too long. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Right? I think it was all busted. 
and who knows how much bacteria in there. <laughs> oh God, damn. Oh God. Uh, wow. So, yeah. That that was disgusting. Well, on that note, Team and T Shredder's Revenge is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I I guess the moral is, you know, uh, or the lesson is clean out your toothbrush holder. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how young you are, it's never too early to start cleaning their toothbrush holders out. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, with that, before getting into um, our main feature topic, I guess, as always, we can dive into our Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring minute by minute commentary. And on this one, we're going to be going from minute 28 to minute 29. So, as always, you want to get your VHS copy, your Betamax copy, your Laserdisc copy, your DVD, your HD DVD copy, your UMD, I couldn't forget the UMD this time, <laughs> and your Netflix physical media copy, your Blockbuster membership card so you can go out and rent it, your DVHS version, and as always, your converted VHS copy to DVD that you just made on your PC. So grab any one of those, and we'll be going from 28 to 29. So are you ready, Dane? Yes, I am. Then I'll give the countdown at three, two, one, play. As Gandalf says that great line, I'm not trying to rob you, I'm trying to help you. And just a great moment between Gandalf and Bilbo here before Bilbo gets sent off on his way. Especially when you watch the old Hobbit movies and just know kind of what they went through in there and some of the moments they had between the two characters in those movies. But yet, at the same time, Bilbo tries to fill Gandalf one last time. <laughs> now, do you really think he forgot here, or are you, is he hoping that Gandalf didn't notice? I I, I think he was hoping that uh, Gandalf wouldn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it, I mean, it's just the pull of the ring, you know. Yeah. Especially yeah, that look on his face when he just says, "Oh, yeah, right." <laughs> yeah. See the ring in Bilbo's hand really drop it, really resist temptation. I don't know. We'll Next see. <laughs> he, he he might just run away with it and disappear forever. Ooh, I'm chomping at the bit for anticipation. I don't know if I can wait the next two weeks to find out, Dane. <laughs> what will Bilbo do? I I I I kind of don't get how. I mean the logic behind it, right? So like. Huh, I know I have a problem with this, and I know it's really addictive, and I know this is really evil and bad and all these these words. So let me leave it for my young nephew. <laughs> right? <laughs> kind of doesn't make sense. Like, like, wouldn't you, as a father figure, try to destroy it yourself rather than hand it down to your younger nephew? Yeah, I mean... Maybe if they actually knew it was the ring of power at that point, yeah, but uh, this time they still don't know it is the one ring. They just think it's one of those magic rings that, you know, are, like yeah. Gandalf said, they're not to be taken lightly, but not really too harmful as, you know, they knew the one ring to be. So and yeah. they just wanted it to be part of his inheritance because they knew it was like the most valuable thing Bilbo had. Yeah, so it's like, here, you take a, you, you take care of this dangerous weapon, the most dangerous weapon in the world. 
yeah, if they knew that to be the case, then yeah, that raised a lot of questions <laughs> as far as you know, just how good those characters are. I don't know. I just think it's uh, irresponsible on uh, <laughs> Bilbo's part and Gandalf's. It's all I'm oh, trying to say. Oh, you're taking their characters down a notch, aren't you, Dane? You're trying to make them not as good as they appear to be. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for the faults and everything. So negative, Dane. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to bring up uh, uh, the fifth episode of uh, Kenobi. Mm. Uh, what a great! I, I think this is the the best episode that we've gotten so far. I don't know, Dane. Not uh, much really happened in it. Uh, I'm having trouble trying to remember it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they. Uh, I think uh, Leia just fixed her Lola bot, right? That's, that was the that's whole about it. Yeah. One fifty minutes or <laughs> how long it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just took the restraining bolt off. She had to figure it out first, which was the first forty-seven minutes, and then <laughs> uh, the forty-eighth minute, uh, she takes it off. So yeah, I think that was it. But no, yeah. um, seeing seeing. Uh, uh, Anakin and Obi Wan practice oh, fight again. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was so cool and like, like that 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 line is like, you know, I, something like I don't understand your 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 uh, obsession with winning, you know, and the, the, that that whole final scene where Vader, you know, is busting his way through that bunker area to get to the landing pad and he's just busting on the doors and then he he sees the ship lifting off and tears it apart that that was pretty cool even though the, the cgi wasn't very uh, wasn't yeah. very good on that scene but you know yeah, the still, one nitpick of the whole episode is like that was the one moment you could tell this is a tv show <laughs> but <yeah. laughs> still the the impact on it was still amazing though Steve Vader do that it wasn't lost yeah, <laughs> yeah tear apart the ship and then that was oh god <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool and then uh the grand inquisitor comes back and then uh or uh the third sister gets stabbed and uh uh the grand inquisitor comes back which i thought was really cool like i thought he was dead d d dead <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah it, it was such a great episode it was amazing and just the opening shot, right where you see the back of Anakin, and I was like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> We're in for a great one here. And just the, I, the idea of just seeing Hayden and Ewan back as Anakin and Obi-Wan, it was ah, <laughs> such a great way to kick off the episode, and just such a great through line of the narrative over the course of the episode as we go back to that training duel that they were having there, and just the lesson that Obi-Wan was trying to impart on Anakin there, and just how you see it coming back to him in the instances that happened throughout this episode. And you're right. Just that whole sequence with Vader. It was just mind blowing to see Vader this way. We keep every, we've had so many great Vader moments um, since the Disney acquisition. When you look at rebels, rogue one, the final scene in clone wars. And now in Kenobi's like this, when you think doesn't can't get any better. Kenobi's just out doing it with Vader. Like you said, yeah. the seeing him, what he did, bringing down that transport. Yeah, the CGI wasn't the best, but like I said, it, the impact of just how great it was seeing Vader do, do that wasn't lost in that. Um, not the best CG, but when he brings it down and it just tears apart the ship and just like straight, like not even taking a break, he brings it down and just goes straight to ripping it apart. And then just seeing him get away. 
and then get that other flashback and then that just goes right into his fight with the third sister and that fight was incredible because it was really awesome because vader had no or didn't decide to use his lightsaber he was just dodging her attacks and it was just a sight to behold to see just how far above vader is amongst everyone else especially the inquisitors it was just such a display of power by vader without really trying too hard it was amazing and then the way he just grabs her lightsaber he just like does this really cool quick kick move that i mean we've never seen vader do a kick move before but it looked awesome how he kicked it got his lightsabers and to seeing him he didn't use it too much obviously but just the visual sight of seeing vader holding two red lightsabers was awesome and his it was almost like fighting an inquisitor wasn't an inquisitor isn't worthy of him using his own lightsaber he took her double bladed broke it apart gave her the other handle and then they had a quick little lightsaber fight maybe obviously vader just toying with her and it was just awesome and i like how it ties back to the flashback where obi-wan teaches anakin you know just because you have a weapon doesn't mean you know you're automatically going to win the fight as obi-wan was able to subdue anakin without his lightsaber and eventually take his and Vader does the same thing to the third sister there. It's just great symmetry between the narratives of the flashback and what's happening in the current time period. It was yeah. incredible, and I just uh, can't wait to see how it's going to wrap up. It sucks that we're ready at the last episode, but I'm chomping at the bit to see how it ends. And just knowing we got the big encounter between Obi-Wan and Vader coming up, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was wondering why they... Why they? Um, I mean, it's, a, it's it's such a small thing, but like uh, I was wondering why they put that warning in the beginning. Yeah, uh, where like so, some scenes might be traumatizing. Uh, yeah, right when I like saw that, that uh, like okay, we're going back to the Order sixty six moment in the Jedi Temple. Yeah, you see, I didn't think that because I didn't think Disney would show that. And um, again, Disney kind of proved me wrong. They proved me wrong with Rogue One, where all the characters died. <laughs> and uh, they're prov- proving me wrong again, because I didn't think they'd show... I mean, they don't actually show Vader, uh, Anakin killing the younglings, but you get enough. You get, like, one little small quick scene where he... You, you see know, him stabbing. Swings his, yeah. yeah. Swings his lightsaber, stabs his lightsaber into a youngling, but... Um, yeah, and it it it's it sort of uh, another another thing too was in the beginning, Obi Wan was like, oh, you know, uh, Vader will attack us because he can't, he he doesn't have enough patience yeah. for a siege, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, but then they sort of like have a siege situation with the third sister and all of the stormtroopers trying to break down the door. That's what a siege is, right? Mm-hmm. But then. They pay it off in the end where like like we've said vader just stomps right in and tears down the doors and tears apart the ship and he gets tricked because he doesn't have patience which exactly, also yeah. plays into uh the, the the sort of lesson of the um of that scene or those scenes that we get with uh with obi-wan and anakin uh practicing sword i mean uh lightsaber training right uh, where his willingness, I mean, his his unrelenting will to win, you know, it's it sort of is his downfall, and like it totally pays off in the end. Where 
he's tearing apart the ship and he uh, he he misses the other ship that yeah. flies up and flies away. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, probably the best episode uh, we've gotten, not only with the Kenobi show but with the Disney Star Wars television shows. Yeah, yeah, I I I think I can say that. Mm, man, that's. Uh, it's yeah, it's definitely the best of Kenobi so far. But man, to compare it with some of the other ones that I absolutely loved, I actually have to think about that. That would actually make for an interesting topic because yeah. obviously I love the season two episode finale of Book of Boba Fett with Luke. But actually, even the episode with Boba Fett, I, I actually like that's actually my favorite episode of season two of The Mandalorian. That oh, the really? way they brought Boba Fett back was just incredible, and that's up there. And then. The penultimate episode of the Book of Boba Fett was Luke and Grogu, Ahsoka, introduction of Cad Bane live action. That was really special. But we're getting some special ones in Open One, too. So, yeah, I'll actually have to think about that. <laughs> I can't pick one just yet, to be honest. And I, I have a feeling the finale of Kenobi is going to have some pretty special stuff, too, that might even outdo what we saw in this last episode. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to be a prison break episode, right, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's mainly the Mandalorians thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I saw your um, I saw your comments on like episode four, and it's like yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't my favorite, and I could just tell Tim that you were in your head just fighting with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah, but it's it's Obi Wan, but the episode wasn't good, but it's Obi Wan. <laughs> It's not, not that it wasn't good. I just because of how they executed for the most part was good. Yeah, seeing Obi Wan infiltrate the Inquisitor base was cool, and getting that reveal of what they're doing to the Jedi bodies, man, that was something new and disturbing. But at the same time, it was just a little too repetitive for what we got in the second episode, as far as what the main plot of the story is trying to rescue Leia. We kind of already got that in the second episode, and. Yeah. When you're o- when you only have six episodes, it's like you can't really afford to have two episodes be pretty similar as far as the narrative or the plot. And that's my main thing with it. But how it was done was good. It was just like we kind of already saw that already. And I'm gonna reserve judgment till we get the final episode because we could get some stuff that I'm still waiting to see in that one. But if we don't, there's gonna be one issue I have with the series depending on if it's if we get it in the second in the last episode we shall see because if that's the case then i think it was a missed opportunity to have the fourth episode be about rescuing leia again when it could have been about something else yeah so like um i held off on that episode because i saw your reaction to it uh um episode four um and uh i i, I couldn't hold myself because it's you know star wars and it's it's i mean you have to watch it if you're gonna watch the series yeah (laughs) yeah and like i i didn't want to be spoiled on it uh because it seems like after like six hours people just post spoilers like it's nothing yeah right and so like i just watched it and it was all right uh but it wasn't the best and what i did enjoy (laughs) and not to you know take away from kenobi or star wars or to change the subject, but was, and Tim, are you ready to be surprised? Whoa, okay, let's hear it. I am ready. 
Okay, so it wasn't the greatest episode, so I was like, uh, you know what? I'll give Miss Marvel a try. Ah, nice. I love Miss Marvel. I haven't seen the second episode yes. yet. <laughs> it is. It, <laughs> Tim, you know I don't really follow the Marvel stuff. Yeah, that's, that's why it definitely I, is a surprise. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I don't really care for the Marvel stuff. I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. And maybe it's because of her intro. I, I knew nothing about Miss Marvel. Um, didn't know her character. Didn't really care. Uh, but maybe it's because I had a little taste of uh, who the character was in the Avengers game. Uh-huh. But I really, really love the television show i think this is the the best so far this, this is the best marvel show that they put out and i know you're gonna say oh no it's probably loki or it's probably the wandavision or the captain america show or the uh what's what's uh moon knight or what's uh jeremy renner's character oh hawkeye yeah. hawkeye the hawkeye show but to me this is that's actually my least favorite that's why i kind of forgot about it yeah this is the 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 best one so far that i i personally loved just uh just not knowing anything about the Marvel thing and like how it connects with the blah 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 or how it connects with the uh, the new movies that they're putting out or whatever. Um, it will eventually really, though. <laughs> yeah, like I, I I don't really care about that stuff. Like you can have that stuff, but like to me, <laughs> I I really like this Marvel show. I I really like the actress they got to play her and mm. the story about like how you know. I mean, the first episode is she wants to go to adventure. She 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 wants to go to a comic con essentially, yeah. but like her parents. Just, yeah, just the fact that that's the main goal of the episode is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and she comes up with this whole scheme of like, okay, so like I'll use this this you know this smart speaker to like yeah. <laughs> to to make sure my dad doesn't find out. And, um, it, just the comedy hits better. It's funnier. Like when her dad comes out as Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I just love this show. The, the the comedy is there, the seriousness, the 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 drama is there. Where it's like she sneaks back in, and like her 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 mom is like, you know, I'm so disappointed in you for like for for going to this thing and lying to us and all this stuff. You know, it it just hits so perfectly, like all of these different aspects, and that's why. Yeah, I, I totally love the show, and I know people were were re- review bombing it because they of didn't course. like her power or whatever her new power or whatever, you know, or how they're presenting it or whatever. But you know, I, you know, I don't care about that that crap. Um, and you know, <laughs> this is my favorite show, Tim. I gotta <laughs> say, this is my favorite show so far. I haven't seen episode two yet, but yeah, <laughs> nice. it really impressed me. It really impressed me. So glad to hear this is finally an MCU show that <laughs> is kind of delivering yeah. on it for you. I agree. I love the first episode. I thought it got off to a great start. And just the visual look of it, like the, the aesthetic of it, it's really cool and different, like the different artwork that goes that they're using to describe when they're talking about certain things and you see the artwork go on buildings and stuff like that. 
that's just really cool and something different. And yeah, just how they're setting up uh, for her for her character to becoming an eventual superhero. And it is different from, from the comics, but I think it's actually going to end up being better than what it is in the comics. Is pretty much she's like, well, you know, from playing the Avengers game, she's pretty much Mr. Fantastic in the comics, the right. stretchy powers. Right. And these are definitely <laughs> much more. Powers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just pretty much more, something more unique for her, but yet still kind of having that same feel where she can make a big giant hand if she wanted to. And that's how she mm-hmm. saved that uh, one girl at Avengers Gone. So yeah, it's off to a good start. The second episode, I, it's still good. I didn't in, quite enjoy it as much as the first one, but the way it ends is setting up for some interesting stuff as far as, I guess, what she's going to be dealing with and what kind of the antagonist might be uh, for these next few episodes. So yeah, it's off to a really good start. Yeah. And I'm glad I, you'll be there I, on I, the journey with me this time, yeah. Dane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really like how they, they, um, you know, when it comes to her powers, yeah, she doesn't she doesn't have that stretchy stuff, that stretch, stretchy power. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I like how they play into like you know the whole Pakistani thing, and this is like her from her grandmother or her, her grandmother stuff. And, yeah, you know, it's like a bracelet thing, which I thought was pretty cool, and like uh, j- just the whole visual of it, where it's like this this weird sort of like thing but yeah i i have no problem with that i love this show and i'm sure i'm gonna love the second episode tim uh y- you can't turn me off of it this time not like uh kenobi <laughs> this time. what if i try to four. turn you off of anything <laughs> kenobi episode four tim even though that wasn't your intention i didn't even say I, it was bad though <laughs> <laughs> i just said it wasn't tim, as great as the other two or three tim and I, I know you you prefer to say when it comes to Star Wars things that it wasn't your favorite thing. That's your that's your trademark on these sort of things. So if I hear that, if I see that, if I read that, I I, I know that if you didn't like it at all. Glad to know that's how you interpret my tweets and <laughs> comments yeah. about things. I yeah, I'm I'm, taking. Yeah. A little hint of me not l- absolutely loving something automatically makes you think I don't like it and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, the Batman, that, right? <laughs> that that is that is the the golden rule when it comes to yeah. if you're like ah, oh, but I didn't like this, right? Okay, so like you didn't like it at all, right? You didn't you 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 totally just sat there for the other three hours of uh, the Batman and didn't like it. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> well, I got I got to word my tweets more carefully for you now, Dane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm gonna make you like uh, um, uh, doubt yourself. Like, oh shit, this now. <laughs> what will Dane think of this? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of things I didn't like, you Uh-oh. ready for me to give my review of Jurassic World Dominion? <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, can, can I just say before you um, you start your review, uh, kind of had a feeling. You know, I like this weird feeling. Um, and, and this is coming from somebody who liked the first two movies, even though people mm-hmm. didn't really like them. Um, but I mean, because it's it's Jurassic Park, and you. you just sit back and watch the dinosaurs is what I'd say. 
but I sort of had a feeling going into Fallen Kingdom that something was going on. Ah, so sorry, yeah. Dominion. Sorry, I, I, I I'm looking at something right now, but like uh, <laughs> Dominion. Um, yeah, something was up with it because, like, just going off the trailers, the CGI didn't look very good. Um, and it's the it's the bringing back the return of Laura Dern and um, Sam Neill. That sort sort of was like, oh, something's wrong with this movie. Cause really? Because like, that's the thing that gets you most, at least for me, and I know other fans, most excited about the movie, just the fact that all three are coming back. Yeah, but it's like, like, like why are they bringing both of them back? Like, is, is it because this is the final movie in the trilogy, or is this because the script isn't the script isn't as good, or, you know, what's going on with this? So I, I kind of had a little doubt going into this, but, like, I just... I'd like to hear your review. <laughs> oh, I'll definitely get into that <laughs> as far as yeah. bringing them back. But no, yeah, I was pretty much right there with you. One of the, I think the few who actually really like and love the first two movies, especially Jurassic World. I think that's the perfect sequel for a Jurassic Park movie and Fallen Kingdom kind of grew to love more and more as I watched it and just appreciate the direction they were taking things. And especially with how it ended, and how it's setting up the third one with dinosaurs living amongst humans in the world now. That's just such, I think, a great potential for a third movie to dot, really dive into. And then we got that prologue that was released um, where just a really great opening. And before it was revealed that that was going to be the opening of the movie. And then they released it um, for like with the tag, like Fast and Furious 9 or something like that. And then they released it online, and that's why they said, oh, this actually isn't going to be in the movie. It's just a prologue, and the movie's going to be without it. And just right off the bat, I thought that was a huge mistake, <laughs> because that opening is awesome and just sets the tone beautifully, I think, for the movies. Starting out with dinosaurs roaming the Earth, as we knew they did 65 million years ago, and then it jumps into seeing them out in the world now, just out in the wild amongst humans, and just like I said, setting the stage of what this movie was going to be. And even the fight with the T-Rex and uh, I forget the name of the new dinosaur. So I won't even bother saying it, but it was pretty much the, it was the biggest known predator that ever walked the earth. And the fight that the T-Rex had and that dinosaur fight for dominance in that opening sequence would come back later in the movie. But since it was cut and not, that's not how the movie started off. It was kind of a mute point in the ending, which I'll get to later, but I just thought it was a big mistake not starting with that because it really set the tone for what how this movie should have been. But instead, it just starts off with a random attack from the Mosasaur, the uh, big dinosaur that's underwater, attacking a fishing boat. And then we get kind of like a recap of what happened in the first two movies as like as a news footage. And I actually really like that because that's pretty much where we got most of seeing how life is now with dinosaurs living amongst humans and how they're affecting everyday life. And there's some great moments of seeing dinosaurs interrupting, like just walking amongst traffic, attacking like some pterodactyls, taking these doves that were released for a wedding celebration, a cheetah trying to chase down a compi. So some of that stuff was released in the prologue too, but getting more footage of seeing dinosaurs out in the open world was great. And actually what I enjoyed most of this movie was in the first act. Because that's really where I felt 
the film explored what it is like with dinosaurs roaming the earth amongst humans. Um, seeing Owen kind of acting like a dinosaur cowboy, herding up <laughs> some dinosaurs on horseback uh, was cool to see. It just like a construction crew having to wait for a brontosaurus herd to walk through for the Confederate construction. So I just love seeing the little stuff like that. But here's my main issue with it. It reminds me of, remember the line Malcolm said in the first Jurassic Park where they're on the tour and no dinosaurs are coming out? Where he goes, and now you're supposed to have dinosaurs on your dinosaur tour, right? And he keeps pounding the camera. I yeah. could kind of say that for this, the plot of this movie. It's like, you are planning to have dinosaurs in your plot in a movie about dinosaurs, right? <laughs> because here's my biggest issue. The movie does not deal with that premise of dinosaurs walking and living among men. It was such going into it. That's what this movie was setting up, but it was like almost like the side plot of it because like I said, the first act deals with that, but then we just go into another direction um, in the story. And then by the time we get to the second and final, or really the final act, it becomes your typical Jurassic park movie where you're kind of stuck on this remote location or this remote Island cut off from the world with dinosaurs just like every other movie. And that was disappointing because it just turns into your typical final act of a Jurassic movie, which I was hoping would be a lot different for this now that we got dinosaurs out in the real world. And we do get some fun sequences, though, because the highlight of the action in this movie was in the middle. You see it in the trailers where they're in Italy and Owen's on a motorcycle invading some raptors. People were comparing that to oh, it's like a Mission Impossible action sequence with dinosaurs. And I would agree with that. And it was fun. Some of it, you know, might think it's a little ridiculous but you kind of have to go with that for these kind of movies too but that's kind of the stuff i was looking forward to dinosaurs amongst just the street and city in italy causing havoc and trouble that our heroes have to get through and that's what i was hoping for and that's what this scene delivered um so like i said the first bits of the movie is what i enjoyed most when i was actually dealing with dinosaurs living amongst humans but here's the biggest thing the reason that Alan Grant, Ellie Sadler, and Malcolm are back into the story. Now, what did you think, Dane, it would be because of dinosaurs living amongst humans and something to that effect would cause them to get back together? Wouldn't you think that's a reasonable expectation going into the final movie of this Jurassic World trilogy? Wouldn't you say? No, because I thought <laughs> I, I thought they brought them back because there was a, you know, water crisis in Italy. <laughs> Well, you actually, you're not too far off. Here's really? the reason. Here's the reason, Dane. Giant locusts. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Giant so, locusts so, that are destroying crops over the so, world. So you have paleontologists, right? You have them go to Jurassic Park, and then, oh, Jurassic Park happens, right? The Jurassic Park movie happens. And then... You have Jurassic Park 2, and then 3, and then uh, World, and Fallen Kingdom, and then you have this movie, right? Mm -hmm. And instead of them going after dinosaurs, you have them going after giant locusts, yes, giant that is bugs. The, that is the catalyst of what brings them together. And it, I mean, okay. it, it can make sense for Ellie Sattler because she's a paleobotanist who deals with like plant life and all that. And she's investigating the destruction of these crops. But for that to be the reason, because then she recruits 
uh, Alan Grant to go with her to investigate Biosyn because there's everyone's crops is getting destroyed except Biosyn. So she thinks they're the ones engineering these giant locusts. And yeah, that ends up being the case. And Malcolm's there. He's kind of there in secret or he's working with them, giving these lectures at Biosyn. And Biosyn is where, um, you remember Dotson from the first Jurassic Park movie where Wayne Knight just goes, Dotson, we have Dotson yeah. here. He's the main bad yeah. guy in this one. Different really? actor playing him. Yeah. But really? He, yeah, but what not used to oh. great effect, if I may say so. <laughs> okay, so like he, he starts his own company? Yeah, I mean, you always knew he was after what Hammond did to try to catch up to him quicker than his company could. You know, he wanted to do the same thing, but yeah. Hammond had to jump on him. That's why he sent Nedry to, to get all those embryos. But he eventually does catch up and he creates this dinosaur sanctuary where some of the ones they are able to capture in the world, real world or out there, he brings into his sanctuary to labor, able to live there. But then he develops his own dinosaurs that have no DNA tampering. And that's why you see some of them in the trailer have the feathers. And those dinosaurs look great. Um, but again, the main purpose while Ellie Sattler and Grant go there is because of the locusts, not because of the dinosaurs. And Malcolm's there. Um, kind of undercover to get information to, to expose Biosyn for them genetically engineering these um, giant wasps or locusts. And it's just like, that's your reasoning for getting the crew back together? Not because of dinosaurs? Uh, it just to be such a wasted opportunity. And then the other thing, you have Dr. Wu. You know, he was the scientist in the first Jurassic Park movie and played a part in Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. And you see in the trailers, too, where he's like really down on himself. He just someone who is not happy for the things he's done. Even seeing the trailer, oh, I need to correct a big mistake. And you think that would be because, oh, the mistake of creating these dinosaurs in the first place. And now they're living amongst humans and causing you know disruption to the ecosystem and just the way life is now. You think that's what he'd be regretting, right? No, it's because he created these giant locusts. That's the reason why he's so down on himself. He needs to correct this mistake. It's because of the locusts, not the dinosaurs. And it's just like, ah, really? That's why did you go in this direction when all these movies set up this big moment of dinosaurs living amongst humans? But yet you go in this totally different direction where the main goal is to stop these locusts from destroying crops. That's the goal. And it was like, God, <laughs> so disappointing. And then you throw in something that was controversial in Fallen Kingdom, but I actually really liked. You know how it had the reveal that the little girl Maisie was a clone of yeah. uh, the daughter of Pam's partner? Right. Well, they tried to retcon that. <laughs> and, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they okay. had it where... It, it was because his daughter did die, but it wasn't in a car accident. She had a disease, but she wanted to do it to create a new life to where... She would have a daughter free of the disease she had, something to that effect. So I guess it's kind of cloning, but not because it's actually she gave birth. She carried the of the little girl. So they tried to make it where she wasn't a clone, actually, but it was actually the daughter of her mother. And she developed this technology, um, I guess, from the studies that her dad and Hammond did. And it just like some, some like such an unnecessary retcon because I know not everyone loved that reveal in Fallen Kingdom, but I did because it made sense that. Hammond and Lockwood were developing this cloning technology and you just think the natural thing for humans to do would take it the next step further. We're doing dinosaurs. Why can't we do it with humans? 
And I bought into him losing his daughter would kind of push him over the edge to take that technology further to do cloning on humans. And that's what kind of split apart the partnership and friendship of Hammond and Lockwood. And I thought that made total sense in the story. But now they throw in this and they just said it was what the thing in Fallen Kingdom was just a cover up for what um, his daughter actually did was giving birth to Maisie. It was just so unnecessary and I think convoluted when I think what they did in Fallen Kingdom made perfect sense and just kind of had Maisie trying to realize that even though she technically isn't cloned, she is her own person and is able to be her, have her own life despite her being a clone of her mother. And they kind of try to get that point across, but I thought it was just unnecessary trying to retcon how she actually was created. And it get into this whole thing about, you know, being able to reproduce by just one person being able to do it because Blue um, had her baby all by herself because of the DNA of some lizards that were made of her DNA makeup. And that stuff, you see in the trailers how Blue's uh, daughter uh, Beta gets kidnapped by Biosyn because they're trying to unlock the potential that Beta has and Maisie has as both offsprings of parents who were able to reproduce on their own to develop that into cure diseases and all that stuff. <laughs> but wasn't a main plot of the story. Again, it all came down to the locusts. <laughs> so, uh, Biosyn kidnaps Maisie and Beta. Uh, that's what gets Owen and Claire to try to find Maisie, and Owen wants to find Blue's baby. That takes them to Biosyn's island, and Dr. Grant and Ellie Sattler are already there. Malcolm's already there. Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler find Maisie. They try to escape the compound, and then as Owen and Claire get there, they meet up, and that's where the dinosaur action happens. You know, the typical trying to escape dinosaurs and all that, but it's all there to destroy the locusts. <laughs> that's the main goal, at least for some of them. Owen and Claire's main goal is to get Maisie back, but and then find Beta for Blue. So, I mean, the action in that final sequence, it was fun, but it wasn't the best of the series, in my opinion. Jurassic World was better. Fallen Kingdom's final action was better. Fall Jurassic World, that final battle between the Tyrannosaurus Rex and the Indominus Rex and Blue, that's an all-timer. That's one of the, it's the best Jurassic Park fight between dinosaurs. That was phenomenal. And they tried to recreate that with uh, the T-Rex and the new Gigantosaurus. I want to call it the Gigantosaur. I know that's not it. It's like the Gigasaur or something like that. It was more a more complex name than that. But they have their fight, and again, that goes back to why they should have had the opening prologue. You saw the T-Rex lose to that dinosaur in the opening, and then it sets up for him trying to be the dominant apex predator on this island. He defeats the Gigantosaur with the help with another dinosaur. And it would have been a nice through line to have that for the T-Rex, but it just sent like such an afterthought, especially without the prologues. It's not really a big deal that you see the Tyrannosaurus Rex beat that dinosaur and just the fight wasn't that great either it was kind of like darkly lit it just i don't know it wasn't directed that great in my opinion and i don't want to put that as a knock i mean i will knock it for colin trevorrow but i don't want to make it as like something he can't do because he did it in the first jurassic world movie that final fight sequence again was awesome and i was hoping for something more to that vein but it didn't come close to it and so it's just our heroes trying to escape the island in the midst of this big dinosaur battle all while trying to get the what they needed to take care of the locust pandemic <laughs> i guess so um and they do they escape they make it back to the mainland dr Wu, I, i'm using air quotes here fixes his greatest mistake that being the locusts <laughs> curing the population and not going to have them destroy crops anymore because that was the main goal of this movie <laughs> and then 
uh, Owen gets beta back to blue. So blue's all happy. Uh, again, that was nice to see. I do like I do love the bond that Owen and Blue had over the course of this trilogy, and it was nice to see that kind of payoff was Owen saving Blue's daughter. So I liked all that stuff. But again, just sent like an afterthought amongst everything having to do with just fixing this locust problem. And like the movie kind of ends and it was all built up to be, oh, this is gonna be the final story of this the sixth movie franchise, and it just leaves things kind of the same as it was in Fallen Kingdom. Dinosaurs are still living amongst humans and dinosaurs are living on that sanctuary in biosyn because biosyn was kind of destroyed dotson tried to burn all the evidence of him and his company being behind the locusts and he sets these locusts on fire and they start falling over the island so a lot of the dinosaurs uh habitat got destroyed there but they did have this big open spot on the sanctuary where they're still able to live and that's where rexy the main tyrannosaurus rex who we've seen from the first jurassic park all the way up to the jurassic world dominion survived this time and i was glad to see that <laughs> and is the dominant apex predator on that sanctuary now um and that's pretty much where the movie ends it did have a nice montage again of showing dinosaurs living amongst humans in the different ways of life but again it's just like we already saw that was fallen kingdom i was just wondering how it was going to end it was just pretty similar to where it's the status quo by the end of fallen kingdom but it was a great shot of the triceratops walking among elephants in africa amongst the sunset visually it looked good <laughs> but yeah the story really left a lot to be desired in my opinion i just thought it was kind of a waste bringing alan grant ellie sattler and dr malcolm back as far as the reasoning for getting them together we really didn't get much insight of what they thought of the current situation of dinosaurs living among humans and i really wanted to see that because just knowing <laughs> everything they went through in the first Jurassic Park movies, and now this is how life is now for them. I really wanted them to dive into that and see how they view this and just get their insight on everything that's happened from their time visiting Jurassic Park up until now, when we really didn't get any of that. It all had to do with stopping the locusts. And um, Ellie and Alan Grant do reunite. They do fall in love again. So I guess that's a happy ending for them. But I will say their interactions is great. Um, the three of them, uh, talking to each other was fun but again i wanted them more kind of i guess reminiscing about what they've been through and then just their views on the current world with dinosaurs and you didn't get really too much of that so yeah i was disappointed with it it's not my least favorite jurassic park movie that's still the lost world but it's definitely my least favorite of the jurassic world movies um just the potential that this movie could have been was not met and that's the biggest disappointment um so but i will say i am hopeful or I shouldn't say hopeful, but I am excited that um, it's kind of been confirmed that the 4K Blu-ray release will be an extended cut that should have the opening prologue in there. And I think it will make it a better flowing movie with that prologue. So I'm excited about that. But it's not really going to fix the plot problems I had with it, where it was more about locusts than dinosaurs. So <laughs> because of that, I'm just going to give it two and a half out of five when I was really excited and hoping this would be up there with the other Jurassic World movies that I absolutely loved. So it was definitely a disappointment for me. Sad to say. Okay, so so we can definitely confirm, Tim, that you didn't like it, right? I can definitely say you didn't like it. it, it you're not going to accuse me of putting words in your mouth. <laughs> it was the worst that Tim thinks is the worst thing he ever made. Well, right. so no, see, no, can't say it's the worst thing ever made. Oh, God. You, okay. You just hear what I just said. I said it's not my <laughs> least favorite Jurassic Park movie. That's still The Lost World. But it's my <laughs> least favorite of this trilogy. So you can say I didn't like it. That is true. Even though there are, it has its moments overall, I did not like it. Uh, okay. 
So yes, you know, you can say as, that. <laughs> as you were uh, giving your review, I couldn't help but think that this is like. So so Top Gun Maverick finally came out, right? Yeah, I, still, I didn't like, see that, but I want to see it though. Yeah, I want to see it. I still I haven't seen it, but um, th- this is like doing Top Gun Maverick, right? Bringing back Tom Cruise and uh, I don't know Val Kilmer and Goose. Uh, well, yeah, Goose is dead, so Goose's son. Yeah. Right. And like having them grounded. Right. They can't. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, right. You, you don't want to. You want to see them uh, fly the, the 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 fighter jets, but they're grounded and they got to do paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, like that's it, it, is is that sort of like the vibe I'm getting? That that is this? actually a pretty great example. Yes. <laughs> Such a waste. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, to, um, it, if you want to see them with an action scenes amongst dinosaurs, you get that. But I wanted more than that. I wanted story development for these characters about dinosaurs not locusts <laughs> so yeah uh, and you know what that brings that makes me think of something else i've seen some knocks about regarding the star wars sequel trilogy and i think even colin Trevall, he didn't say anything but you know he was kind of one of the things he wanted to make sure of what his movie will have the three main characters from the previous trilogy together on screen again like we're not going to make the same mistake that the star wars trilogy did where han luke and leia they weren't in the scene together and my thing is that kind of annoyed me. I would much rather have a, a trilogy of movies where the main characters they may not be on the same screen at the same time together, but their stories are super impactful on the course of the tr- of the story they're telling in this trilogy and play a big role in the outcome and the events of that series. I'd rather have that than have your three characters from the previous trilogy on screen together and add pretty much nothing to the story and the being having the reason be pretty weak how it is in dominion where it's about trying to stop locus so yeah i don't want to hear that comparison again <laughs> because wow. i'd much rather have what we got in the sequel trilogy with han luke and leia than what we got here with ellie malcolm and alan grant well like the the, the sequel trilogy is actually did it correctly where it's like yeah you have the, the trio of characters, but what they're supposed to do, what their real intention is, is to pass the story along to the new characters, yeah. right? So, mm-hmm. like, you have Han with Ben, you have Ray, uh, sorry, Luke with Ray, and then Leia with Ray, right? They, mm-hmm. they pass everything on to her uh, and onto Ben, right? So like that—that's the point of bringing back these legacy characters, going unquote, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's—it it doesn't sound like they—that's what they did with this, right? It's, no. It sounds more like they were trying to incorporate them into the story. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and create their own story in, into the story of the Jurassic World trilogy, I guess you would say mm-hmm. now. Oh right? yeah, you're totally they're, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's all just, just circumstance. Yeah, that they yeah. happen to meet up with each other, <laughs> the old and the new characters. Yeah, yeah, right. Like they're trying to like jam the, these quote unquote legacy characters into uh, this trilogy, or or at least this movie, right? Yeah. It, it, that's mm-hmm. what it sounds like. Yeah. So like Star Wars, they tried to like, and I thought they were successful in it, 
where like they're trying to pass the story along from like th- these old characters uh, from the original trilogy or whatever into the new characters. Um, whereas like yeah, like the this Dominion movie, they're they're trying to just like jam them in, jam in these three characters into the already existing story without any sort of reason or sorry locusts yeah <laughs> there's a reason it's just not a good reason yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah, so so you, you can't really compare com- compare the two trilogies no yeah. but i have seen them and some people oh this is how it's done right this is how you bring back legacy characters i'm like no, <laughs> no i wouldn't I say that <laughs> no because you know han luke and leia had a real purpose you know Yep. In uh, the Star Wars sequels, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I hopefully don't see too much more of those comparisons, especially kind of <laughs> the the more negative reaction that Dominion is getting. And I, I shouldn't say it's all negative because I know people who genuinely like it and think yeah. it's their favorite of the trilogy. So, uh, it's kind of getting split reactions amongst fans i know it's not getting good reviews critically but i think amongst just general audiences it's a little more mixed than negative oh really yeah it's, it's, well i mean i i guess that's a good thing where it's like oh yeah this wasn't a good movie and people uh fans don't actually like it you know i'm just looking up the rotten tomato score right now oh okay so it has a 30 yeah but the, the audience score is not pretty high though uh let me check where's the audience score could they be back to back like like right next to each other hold on i gotta reload this page <laughs> but even then i mean that's going by rotten tomato score is not always the best thing about because knowing how people like to review bomb or review maybe in this yeah. case it's a review bump <laughs> i don't know but well the audience score is 78 yeah yeah that's well, pretty high compared to yeah. the critics though like i said it's more mixed amongst general audiences yeah it's usually usually the other way around like with uh, miss marvel right yeah <laughs> did you see a uh, light year <laughs> no <laughs> i'll probably just wait uh, for disney plus on that yeah that's uh, uh, yeah. got an ad yeah that's that's my review for jurassic world dominion i'm sadly disappointed with it because that was one of my most anticipated movies of the year. I couldn't wait for it. Everything, the trailers I thought looked good. The prologue got me excited for it, but I just didn't know it was going to be about giant locusts. I like this um, this review. Jurassic World Dominion is dumb without without the fun, and that makes me sad. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of right, but I did have some fun in some moments, so I can't 100% agree with that. Yeah, just the dinosaur moments. Right, when Tim? there was dinosaur moments. <laughs> oh, why would you not put dinosaurs in Jurassic World? I don't understand. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when it's called Dominion, too. You expect to see them dominate <laughs> kind of the presence of over the course of this movie. But no. Yeah. No, that's unfortunate, Tim. I feel bad for you. Because, like you said, you, you, this was your most your most uh, anticipated movie of the year, and you know people didn't uh, or you didn't like it, so no. bad for you. 
Uh, I appreciate the sympathy thing. Yes, I really need it right now. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it through the next few years waiting if the, the Jurassic series will continue. I will say we still got the last season of Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, the Netflix series. That series yeah. is really good. Though the, the last season kind of went in a little bit of a ridiculous direction, and I'm kind of glad it's kind of ending on this one because there's really not much more you can do uh, with the kids keep getting stranded on the island. But overall, the series yeah. has been really good and fun, though. I gotta get back on that. Been, Where did you leave uh, off? On the end of season one. Oh, okay. So yeah, you got season two is and three are really good. I really like season three. Oh, okay. Season four. Uh, well, I mean, good. even that that hasn't gotten great reviews. Really? Uh, Camp Crustaceous. Crist- oh, yeah. From what I've seen on social media, anyways, like there's a lot of people enjoy it, but that's kind of surprising. Hold on, I'm looking up. Uh... But again, could... looking up the uh... still the, the... Rot tomatoes, yeah. And even that's not going to be the end. I'll be all for it. Let's see what is it? What is it? Um... What is it? <laughs> oh, okay, so the first season got 77. Second season got 100. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Third season, uh, 100. And, yeah. So, I guess people didn't really... People liked it all right the first season, and people really loved the second and third. But you said the second season isn't very good? No, the fourth season. Oh, the fourth season. Yeah. This is what's, what is that score? I'm not seeing it on this. Wait. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm just on the Wikipedia page. That's why. It's been out for a while now, so I'm kind of surprised that there's no <laughs> some type of score for it already. Yeah, let's see. 60. Yeah, or that's the, a... the uh, audience score is 60. That's about right. Yeah. The weary crew dodges danger in the desert while trying to figure out where they are. But they unearth more questions than answers. Right, Tim? Yes, that is true. <laughs> okay. Well, here's hoping that this wraps up their series better than Dominion did for the Jurassic World series. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I can hope for. Okay, did you finish uh, Stranger Things? I did, yes. Okay. No, that didn't disappoint. <laughs> Okay, because I'm stuck on the last episode. <laughs> it's like, because it's like an hour. Yeah, it's long. What, 30 minutes? Yeah. Yeah, and like, I, I'm having a hard time getting through with it because, like, I, I, I love Stranger Things. I, I, I mean, I guess it's kind of like what you were saying about Jurassic World Dominion. It should be about the kids, but then we're, we're getting sidetracked with, um, the one story storyline I don't like in the in in season three so far. Season four. And I, season four, sorry. And I I just cannot get into it at all. Is Hopper in the Gulag? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just cannot get into that. I mean, I I know the the Game of Thrones guy is there. Uh, but I, yeah, I just cannot get into it. It's just the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. 
it's like, okay, we're going to escape. Oh, no, we got caught. We're going to get tortured. Oh, okay, we found another way. Uh, okay, we got caught. We're going to get tortured. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, it's just the same thing over and over again. It's like, I know that, that they're trying to build this up, but, like, you can't build stuff up with just the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again. And I understand, like, you can only do so much in a prison break, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, but, like, it's like, uh, but this should have just been a quick, th- fast, quick thing. And let's just focus on what the kids are doing yeah uh, i would agree with you for the most part that is the weakest aspect of season four in my opinion but at the same time it's like i don't hate it it's just not as great as the other stuff that's going on but i will say in the finale it does pick up substantially as far as what goes down <laughs> in there okay so 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 have you started the, the last episode yet or are you like in the middle of it i i'm in the beginning of it okay i, I think um but let me just throw out my prediction okay so the final scene of season four of stranger things when it comes to hopper and uh i i forget uh her name joyce her name joyce right joyce and uh murray guy yeah murray murray (laughs) right they finally get into the gulag and uh, Joyce and Hopper embrace and kiss and they uh, escape. That's the final scene of <laughs> their scenes. That's just um, my prediction, Tim. Can I spoil it for you? Sure. Sure. Just if you're right or wrong. <laughs> okay. You're okay. right. You're right. But at the same exactly. time, a lot of stuff goes down before that happens, which I dug. So <laughs> it's not yeah, just like that. Is it enough to pay off the the repetitiveness of? It probably could have been done sooner. I will say that. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. I mean, but... like, because because watching like the uh, <laughs> sorry, this is my last thing before you before you can, okay. <laughs> uh, say, say say what you're gonna say. Um, but like, uh, I don't know. As I was watching, you know, the episodes. It was and and like it shifted away from like what was happening with that with the uh, the bad guy and like you said uh, on our previous episode season four brought the kick things off for me I was like wow this is really good like when they flash back to uh, the uh, that that guy uh, Freddy Krueger and yeah. um, his his family. Uh, his family like mm-hmm. I I thought that was really cool but like. And that really kicked things off for me. But like going back to the Hopper and Joyce thing, it was like, okay, so like the phone's coming up, and I'm going on Twitter, <laughs> and I'm looking at Twitter, even though they're speaking in Russian. I don't really care because they're gonna break out or uh, something. Yeah. I know they're gonna break out, and the gang's gonna be all back together and stuff. So like the oh the phone's coming up, you know, sort of thing. So like I, I don't know. I I, I just this was a big misstep and like i know that the stuff with the kids is really good but like this was just like a giant uh, it, it, it it was it was so hard to get through yeah i mean that's that's, that's again it's the weakest aspect of the season for me yeah. at the same time i didn't hate it type but still type of thing it's like yeah. i do say episodes certain episodes went on in too many different directions 
board didn't yeah. need to. And I think the main part of that was the Hopper and Russia, the Gulag type stuff. So I, yeah. I agree with you for the most part there. But at the same time, it's not like, oh, this is killing the season or killing the show for me. No, like no, 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 no. Nothing like that. Nothing yeah. like that. It's just like this thing just went on a little too long. Yeah, I and like, And plus, too, I think in season three, they should have killed Hopper. Um, I know I know I'm in the minority on that, mm-hmm. but like yeah. I, I think they should have killed him, mm-hmm. killed him off in that um, season. Yeah, well, this it's funny when you think about it, how the series it's like they kind of have to be careful where there's been too many fake deaths already. <laughs> where yeah, starting yeah. even Will in the first season, the first three episodes, and then Eleven at the end of season one, and Hopper here. Right. I mean, we love these characters. You don't want to see them die, but at the same time, you got to be careful not to do that too much. Where it's like you're not going to believe any other important death that may happen <laughs> later on in the series. Yeah, but yeah. But and I like, will say, um, uh, it, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, uh, th- yeah, they should have killed him off in the third season because I feel like they need a death. I mean, like, they, yeah. they, you, you can't just keep bringing back characters. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like, um. What's her name in the first season? Barbara was yeah. it? Yeah, she's the so only she one who stayed dead. <laughs> yeah, she stayed dead. Um, and like that had impact. And like, I don't know. I think they should have just killed it, killed the character off in season three. It would have had more of an effect for uh, Eleven, right? Yeah, we already season. saw that effect too. Like at the final right. sequence of season three when she's reading his letter. Yeah, yeah, but like, oh. He, but he's alive. Yeah. And like you see, you see it a little bit in in the beginning of this uh, in season four, where she she makes the diorama of mm-hmm. um, her time in the woods with Hopper, and uh, you know the girl makes fun of her and everything, and like smashes herself, and like um, that has real meaning because she thinks the character is dead because the character is dead to her. But like they're gonna come back and yeah, you know the reunion is really coming. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and it doesn't really have the payoff. I mean, I know it's gonna be sweet, and, you know, it's gonna make Tim cry, but <laughs> <laughs> but like it would have it would have meant much more if they killed off the character. But uh, I mean, great season. This is a great show. I love this show. Uh, that's my only nitpick. Yeah, so, and I can understand it. But boy, Dave, when you get to the finale, man, I absolutely love what they did was 11 story and diving more into the flashbacks of her at the facility with the other kids. The reveal that we get there, I thought was, it's not like a huge surprise. You might see it coming, but I still think it's a brilliant move what they did. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it was 11 story. Okay. They actually did some, some really cool stuff and it just makes you super excited for when the second volume comes out in July. I absolutely love the final episode. Okay. Um, because that's one of the aspects I really like about the show is Eleven Story, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what they did with it. Hmm. Yeah, so even if you find still the stuff in Russia with Hopper a little tough to get through, just knowing that the stuff we get <laughs> with Eleven in that final episode is awesome. Um, what's I going to say? Oh, the one of the coolest things, I think it was in episode four, was the one take single take uh shootout in the yeah house. that was surprising that was so, that <laughs> yeah. was so cool yeah that that's that's all i want to say about that. yeah like i was not expecting that that's for sure <laughs> like yeah. just getting some pizza <laughs> yeah 
Oh, so, yeah, I'm I, the friend, the friend, sorry, the friend with the long hair. I yeah. love that guy. He's I love that guy. I don't yeah. know what his name is, but I love that guy. Yeah, he's funny. I guess the, I forget if this is in the, if it's in the finale of the episode before, but did you get to the part where um, Mike, Will, Jonathan, and his friend go to Dustin's girlfriend's house? Yeah. Yeah, with okay. the dad and the yeah. uh, sisters, yeah. That's one of the moments where I thought a little uh, yeah. ridiculous yeah. over the top of this comedy <laughs> type thing. It's kind of, we didn't have to spend so much time doing that. That was one of yeah. those instances where I felt the episode was going too many directions. Like, could have done I, I thought that they should have just cut that out completely. Like, we yeah. don't even need that. Uh, like, that whole story of, like, the kids have a weird sort of fit thing going on like they're they're play acting yeah um that all that stuff could have just been cut right out and it could have just been uh dustin's girlfriend yeah right trying to hack different ip addresses that was fun though seeing the early days of her accessing the internet though and no one knows what she's doing (laughs) (laughs) what's an ip address yeah yeah that was funny yeah but yeah, so just minor nitpicks of the season for me so far. I thought it was great. Definitely, um, I thought it was better than season three, which I had more gripes with that one. <laughs> but this one, uh, just what they do with the story for most mm-hmm. of the characters has been fantastic. And, well, I can't wait for those final two episodes and just see how this season ends with those episodes and then just how the series is going to end with season five. It's just th- interesting things <laughs> were brought to the table in that final episode. So I can't wait for you to see it and hear what you think. So when when are the uh, the final episodes coming out of uh, this of the season? Yeah, uh, like July fourth weekend, like like July first or second, something like that. Oh, so okay, just a couple okay. more weeks. Yeah, okay. And that's where like the final episode for that's like over two hours, I think. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, they made a movie. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they kind of made a movie with the the final episode of. Uh, uh this half of the season yeah um it's it's like i said it's just the gulag stuff trying to speak into the into the base um yeah but that shouldn't be an issue anymore i I, I do like i i do like the guy though the karate guy oh Uh, (laughs) what's his name murray right Murray. Yeah, yeah. I do like that guy. He's funny. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. ridiculous and funny. <laughs> I like how they land. I like how they landed a crashing plane. And in for like the, most the part, middle okay. of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in like the middle of nowhere, right? And they they somehow find the the gulag. Well, it was that's know, where they, they were like, heading. So like the pilot, you know, was going there anyway. So it was on the way. So okay, like, so just been... walk straight from the plane crash. Just walk straight from there. <laughs> well, like I said, yeah. he knew he was trying to go to his that his stash in the church, so I'm sure that's where he was going to go first. And so they're kind of heading there all along. I don't know. Like it, uh, maybe I'm just putting too much thought into it. Like, okay, so you crash a plane, you don't know where you are. Yeah. Okay, so you you, you have this this area that you that you're going to go to, but you don't know where you are. You know what I mean? Uh, well, the pilot did because he didn't he give him directions when he was tied up, or he kind of led them to where they needed to go. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you don't know where you crashed, right? I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't like, think it's something. That's something right? we're spending too much time thinking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Like that was my biggest thing when that happened. I was like, yeah, but you don't know where you crashed because you, you, you know, you you had a fight. You, you were fighting in an airplane while it was flying, and the plane crashed. You know, you were all disoriented. And how are you going to find a church in the middle of the woods in the middle of Russia? <laughs> The biggest country in the world like how how, how are you going to pinpoint you know a single church in the middle of nowhere right and then you, and, and then you're going to go from there to the i don't know i'm thinking way too much about yeah. this i just figured the pilot yeah. made tons of trips there he knows the way <laughs> so that's yeah. why he needed to lead them the boys oh, right. he, he, he had to get american peanut butter i exactly. totally forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> He's a peanut butter smuggler. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, I definitely I, look forward I, to hearing your reaction when you see the final episode. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I will let you know because I plan on watching it today after I watch the Miss Marvel episode. Um, it's it's great to have something to watch. I have to say, Sam. Yes. It's great to have a show that you love like Miss Marvel. It totally surprised you. Or Stranger Things, uh, despite what I said. Um, it's it's so great to have things to watch. Yes, yeah. and stuff to look forward to. Yes, I definitely agree. Yeah. All right, I guess the final bit of topic we're going to talk about real quick is some news we got regarding the Joker sequel. And first that, you know, I don't know if, I'm going to be pronouncing this right, Dane, but uh, <laughs> the definitely has a, oh. a title or at least a working title because uh, they posted Todd Phillips posted a picture of the script cover where it's Joker Filet Adieu. Am I saying that right? <laughs> it looks to be French, but that's what it's listed as on the script. So, <laughs> but that's not where, the big news. Where does it say that? If you look at if you go to our Twitter account and I quote okay. tweeted varieties. Uh, tweet about it with the reveal saying that they're working on the script and you'll see the okay. picture of the red folder with the joker title on there okay and i'm locked out <laughs> oh, okay. twitter hold on okay yeah that's not the password um uh, let me try to look it up you'll probably just be quicker go on google typing in joker sequel or something <laughs> Oh yeah, what is that? Joker. Volley I do. There you go, Tim. What you said. What you said. Okay. What you said. Yeah. Yeah. My pronunciation didn't fail me this time. (laughs) Plus two, we're not French. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think it refers to like two people with like the same mindset or something like that. I'm probably not remembering 100, percent but some to that effect but the big news that came out just earlier this week is how lady oh, Gaga. no it doesn't Tim. sorry Tim. Oh, it yeah. doesn't it's um uh, it's two oh it's kind of like what you said it's two people that share the same mental illness okay yes or something. delusion yeah okay <laughs> that might make sense to what <laughs> the movie's gonna be about 
because yeah um yeah lady gaga is in negotiations to star as harley quinn in the joker sequel but i mean that got people i know talking and discussing and being excited and by itself but then you got the reveal of what the movie's actually going to be how sources say that the sequel is going to be a musical (laughs) i love it i love it and i'm sorry (laughs) i love it okay so you have lady gaga one of the greatest singers we've had right we already know what walking phoenix can do Mm -hmm. and we know he just going off of his filmography we know he has this wide range of roles that he can do that he can play go full steam ahead with it you know the first joker was the first joker movie was really good or at least i liked it go full steam ahead with this musical aspect of this film make it different when was the last time you saw a superhero musical oh right you you haven't right <laughs> at least on a movie certain tv at episodes least of like the flash did one <laughs> yeah more so, as a jokey type fun episode but i have a feeling this one isn't going to be fun <laughs> don't make it you know make it campy but don't make it campy yeah you know let's just let's just go full steam ahead with this this is about two people that have mental illness and let's Let's go crazy with it. I I I am so on board with this. I <laughs> I know people want this, you know, want you know more of a Joker movie, more of the same, and you can have hints of it. But let's just go crazy with with the second movie. Let's make it a musical. You have Lady Gaga, or she's in negotiations, um, and let's say she is playing Harley Quinn. Right. Okay. So, so two peas in a pod, and let's just go full steam ahead with this, with this, um, with this musical. Let's have Joker singing. Let's have Lady Gaga singing. Mm. I am totally on board with this. I know a lot of people don't want it, but I am on board with it, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Cool. Yeah, because I was kind of in the mix. I was like, oh, that. That's just so shocking. Like you weren't expecting to see that the next Joker movie being a musical, but at the same time, it's like it's just crazy enough that it'll probably work. <laughs> like it just sounds so unexpected, ridiculous, and crazy that it could it can work in this type of movie where if they're both in a mental institution or it's an Arkham Asylum and this is how they're coping with their mental illness and it is through musical and. You see different aspects, like when they start a song or something, you see them in a different setting where they're out of Arkham. And it's, it's like the Joker and Harley we might be familiar with, but it's they can just go in so many crazy directions that I just can't help but be intrigued and excited to see how it's all going to work. I don't know if it will work, but like I said, it, just, it might just be crazy enough to succeed. And another thing that I think at, in the end, it might be the best way to go, because if you know, Dan, you see all the online chatter about joker how everyone originally thought this was going to be a one and done movie and a lot of people felt it should be you don't need a sequel it's kind of it's a perfect one and done story telling about uh this version of the joker but at the same time a lot of people were disappointed that a sequel was announced but if you make a sequel so different and so unique than the (laughs) first one that might be the only way to do a sequel 
and to have it not sure i don't want to say tarnish or just do something that might affect the how the first movie was uh, but if you do something totally crazy and different it, again it just might be crazy enough to work it might be the only way to do a really great sequel to that joker movie yeah and i agree with that you know like the joker movie doesn't need a sequel and i don't know i'm on the fence on whether it should have a sequel but like same here yeah i can see both yeah. arguments honestly <laughs> sure yeah i can see like you said i can see both arguments uh but go crazy with this with the yeah. sequel make it so different so out there so yeah so different that you know it's it's it just might work and like if you're gonna do a musical and you're in negotiations with lady gaga just go full steep ahead with with with, with the with the musical aspect of it and make it weird make it really weird and most importantly, make it really different from mm-hmm. what we got with the Joker. Because you cannot just repeat what you did with the Joker. You just yeah. can't. Because it, it, to be fair and to, to be honest, it is a one-off movie. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, too, because I think a lot of thought going into a sequel might be, oh, you're going to set up Batman and Joker in a Batman confrontation type thing. Have it be set years later or something like that. But... To no, be honest, no, no, yeah, no. this no. movie or this series, I like to say, doesn't need Batman at all. You kind of did the Bruce Wayne connection already. Let's just stay here in Joker's realm with in Arkham with Harley and just going crazy in that aspect. I don't think you need to have Bruce or Batman involved with this movie if they're going the musical direction with Joker and Harley at all. Stay far, far away from anything Batman. Yeah, yeah I think you told what you needed to tell with that in the first movie. Yeah. You saw his parents get killed. You know the journey's going to go on. But it's so different now than anything else in regards to the Batman and Joker dynamic that you don't need to dive into that aspect in this series, in my opinion. Yeah. So stay far away from the Batman stuff. Make it about Harley Quinn and Joker. Or, if I mean, if that's what they're doing, just make it about that. Um, which was one of my major bit picks about Joker, which, which was the... They just tried to jam the Batman in there at the last mm. second. You know, <laughs> yeah. we don't need that. I thought it worked sure. nicely, but I can understand where it's like it didn't necessarily need it, but I still dug that they made it work somehow. <laughs> but I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So stay far, far away from trying to include Batman, trying to do the Marvel thing where <laughs> like everybody has to be in everybody else's movie and you have something like. Civil War, right? Where it's not really a Captain America movie. So, like, just make it about Joker and Harley. That's all you got to do. Yeah, I mean, everything's set up to be something truly unique and different that could, you know, in its own way, be a special type of comic book movie if done right, like, with the the musical set. It's going to (laughs) be so crazy to see play out. So, I'm definitely a lot more excited and interesting to see the development of this movie and the progress of it as it (laughs) begins production and to see how everything looks and feels once we get a trailer and all that it's going to be fascinating to see it see it play out so just that in itself is exciting to see so i'm looking forward to it now yeah i really want to see this movie and what it turns out to be 
I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be good, but like, I, I yeah, really want to see what, what's going on with this. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was some fun news to get this past week. And as I said, look forward to seeing how it progresses in development. But with that, I think that's going to be it for this episode, Dane, unless you got anything to add or wanted to bring up. Hmm. Is there anything I wanted to bring up, Tim? No, I think we're good. All right. So with that, I'll throw, it, I'll throw it to you for the outro. All right. Just go over to the BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse. Twitter handles at Batman. At Batman Universe, the show's Twitter handle is at Batman's Podcast. Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. My Twitter handle is at Dates. But on the rate and review us on iTunes, and you can email the show at batfans.pants at gmail.com. So with that, like we say at the end of every single episode, Tim. We love each and every one of you with all of our disappointed Jurassic World Dominion hearts, but also... Hearts that are hopeful for the Joker sequel. <laughs> okay. Wow. That, that took a turn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Had to put uh, a positive like, on it. Yeah, you have to put a positive spin on the ending. Right. I get it. We'll see you guys next time. See you next time, everybody. Yeah.